Good afternoon, and thank you for joining the High Performance Business Solutions Podcast. This is Paul DeLaGarza, welcome you back again. As usual, we try to be very selective in terms of the people that we invite to our podcast, and I need to tell you that I'm very excited about this particular one. I speak of a gentleman with whom I've had a relationship for quite some time, and I've known him for, I would think, somewhat in excess of about 20 years under different capacities, but I will tell you that this individual has really made a marked impact on the industry of real estate. I speak to you of a gentleman by the name of Larry Kendall, and if you are in the real estate industry, you know this name at one point or another. And if you don't know the name Larry Kendall, you probably have heard of the process of ninja selling. I know this has been something that has been nationally, nationally renowned. Uh, Larry, first of all, let me tell you a little bit about Larry. Larry is the author of uh, Ninja Selling. This is a concept of selling that has made a marked difference in the way that real estate uh, professionals are really approaching the industry. And it's amazing. He has had 80,000 graduates in the United States, Canada, New Zealand, and Spain. How he managed that one, we'll have to talk to him about that. He has taught Ninja for 10 years, in, which is a real estate program. And then he also taught in that uh, CSU. We live in Fort Collins, Colorado, and it's Fort Collins is a seat to Colorado State University. So he has had an opportunity to actually engage in teaching real estate in that area. His book, Ninja Selling, and I hope that you will take the time, and we're going to talk to Larry about this, to really read this book. It was released in 2017 and has become one of Amazon's best sellers and the number one in new, in new release for the, for the first week. It received the Axiom Business Book Awards gold medal. And I can tell you, I can see why. Having gone through the system for a number of times and having read the book, he's been able to encapsulate in the confines of those two covers an extraordinary system of efficiency in professional execution of real estate business. So um, a little bit more about him. Uh, Larry is one of the founding partners of an organization called The Group. He's currently chairman emeritus of this organization. And this real estate organization, by the way, has got about 200 sales partners in six offices in Northern Colorado. They command an enormous amount of market share. We're going to talk about that situation with Larry as well. So without further ado, um, I just want to tell you, Larry's mission is to help people bring the best in themselves. And I have to tell you, having had an opportunity to speak with Larry and be engaged with Larry, he's helped me actually achieve that in myself. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Larry Kendall to the High Performance Business Solutions Podcast. Larry, welcome. Thank you for joining us and honoring us in this podcast. Appreciate it so much. Paul, the honor is mine. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of your uh, your program. I appreciate you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I think that uh, I'm, I'm very excited about this. Let me start right, right, let's get right to it, okay? Um, I really wanted to ask you, could you tell me a little bit, first of all, about how did Ninja come about? Where, where did it come from? What is the, by the way, where does the name come from, <laughs> okay? And uh, how did it evolve? Well, I'll, I'll start with the name. The name is uh, named after one of the partners in our company by the name of Jim Dunlap, uh, Jimmy D. Uh, he had the highest income per hour of any sales associate I've ever worked with. Uh, he was uh, uh, selling real estate uh, 
part-time basically. Uh, if you define part-time as making a quarter of a million dollars a year back in the 1980s. Uh, he admitted he was working about 20 hours a week. Uh, uh, he was teaching handicapped skiing in the winter. He was a professional bike racer in the summer. He had a, a wife and two little boys. He had a family. Uh, he was the most efficient real estate agent I had ever met. And his nickname was the Ninja. And uh, <laughs> when we started to put the Ninja program together, I modeled a lot of uh, the program after Jimmy D and named it after him. Interesting. Interesting. Have you gotten a little bit of uh, needling by people to say ninja? Oh my God, what is that? Are you guys self-defense or anything like that? Yeah, you know, when we first started out, we actually thought about changing that name. There were some people that uh, <clears throat> thought it was some sort of martial art or they, they didn't really understand it, thought it was combative or something. And we thought about changing it, but uh, now with 80,000 uh, graduates and uh, the book is a bestseller, uh, we're not going to change it. And now people uh, really enjoy being called a ninja. Uh, I think the American Ninja Warrior uh, TV program helped that. Uh -huh. It's kind of a cool thing to be a ninja. Uh, I saw in the, in the uh, software industry, uh, one of the ultimate uh, 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 titles is Software Ninja. And if you could put that on your business card, that's uh, considered cool. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> today I think Ninja is a good name and we're proud of it. Well, it sort of implies excellence at the top of its form on whatever field you may be in. Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so Ninja. It starts, the process starts. You've got Jim Dunlap. He is actually performing at the highest level that I suspect you have seen in a long time in a real estate agent. But Ninja has grown to be a significantly comprehensive and robust program. Help us understand exactly how this came about and how is it that Ninja is different from most other sure. uh, courses because, Larry, I have to tell you, they are dozens of sales courses. You know this. Yes. And each of the real estate companies have courses of their own and that kind of a thing. And yet you've managed to actually stand head and shoulders above most of these. So what, what is Ninja about? Walk, walk us through this. Well, I'll start with my personal uh, journey where I got into real estate uh, uh, back in 1973, uh, I figured I needed some training. I didn't, uh, I'd never sold uh, real estate. So I went to a sales course in Denver and we were taught what I would call uh, traditional selling or depressionary selling techniques. Uh, bone crushing closes, you have to have 10 no's to get your first yes, bone crushing. Uh, and so on. And I remember coming home and telling my wife, I said, you know, I don't know that I could do this. And she said, well, we have a 10 month old daughter, you've got to figure this out. And so uh, I said, I'll figure it out. But what I figured out was a different way of selling. And um, I think the basic difference is this, um, ninja selling is very soft. And if you follow the ninja selling system, you'll never put yourself in the position of being rejected. I love that about <clears throat> the system. So what is it that, uh, uh, is the greatest fear most salespeople have. They have fear of rejection. So as a result, they don't engage the, the client. <clears throat> and certainly one way to uh, avoid rejection is to never engage, but I've never met a, uh, a, a successful hermit. So you have to engage in this business. And so uh, Ninja is set up so that you'll never be put in the position of being rejected. And the reason is because you will never put your client in the position of feeling pressure. <clears throat> because if your client feels pressure, 
their immediate reaction is to try to get away from you. If they can't get away, then they put up the, the shield. And uh, we've been taught, well, then we start to overcome objections or we start banging on the shield. Right, right. And uh, that doesn't happen with Ninja. Uh, so uh, it's a very user-friendly uh, selling system. So we began to develop that system. And our laboratory was the group real estate company here in Fort Collins. <laughs> and uh, we began to experience uh, quite a bit of success. And we ended up um, being identified by Steve Murray at Real Trends as being the most uh, productive real estate company in America in terms of transactions per agent. So um, <clears throat> we were invited to Dallas to receive an award. And um, people came up to me and they said, how are you getting these kind of results? And I said, well, I can show you. And that led to me then creating a workshop called Ninja Selling. And I taught the very first workshop in 1994. So it was somewhat <laughs> so organic. Is, yes. So this has been, a, this is our 26th year. Um, we've been doing our Ninja installation, which is our four-day workshop for about 10 years. Okay, you called it installation. And I remember yes. the first time you, you said that to me, it was like, hmm, I can see the, uh, the rationale behind that. Could you please share with our listeners installation? Why not training? And there's a yeah. very specific reason as to why you call it that. Yeah, we don't teach uh, Ninja, we install it, just like installing software. So over a four-day period, we will install uh, not only the Ninja Selling System, but also we'll install new belief systems, uh, we'll install uh, new habits, and uh, when you walk out of the course, you uh, basically have been living like a ninja for four days, and so you'll have uh, a new uh, uh, software installed in your non-conscious, uh, your habits, hmm. uh, uh, your skill set. We say that Ninja's built around mindset, skill set, and actions, and that's what we work on for four days. Three components, critical. Yeah, mindset, mindset skill set, skill set and action. We're going to talk about that. Um, let's talk about the mindset. Okay. This seems to be the differentiating factor that you've, in, that you've introduced into this process because I have been exposed to a number of training programs in my past, and typically they're about process, mostly. Typically, they focus on you've got to make a number of calls. You have to make an initial benefit statement. You have to overcome objections. And blah, 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 blah. But they never speak about the mindset that the sales professional brings to that transaction. Walk us yeah, we believe that uh, <clears throat> of the three mindset, skill set, and actions, that mindset, they're all important, but the mindset's the most important because we can teach you the skills and you can put those skills into action. But if you bring the wrong energy, the wrong vibe, the wrong mindset to it, it'll shut down the other two. And uh, one of the things we really uh, uh, focus on in the mindset portion is how you manage your emotional energy. And uh, uh, all humans are sending and receiving energy. And we can't see the energy with, uh, with the human eye, but we can feel it. And we call it a vibe. So you pick up somebody's vibe. And... Uh, uh, how important is the vibe in sales or in trust? It's critical. And so we always say, start out by getting your vibe on, get your ninja on, get your vibe right before you meet with a client. Uh, that's the most important thing. Um, we go deeper into your non-conscious and what is your non-conscious programming? Do you have programs in there that maybe need to be modified? Many of them don't need to be modified, but there are some that maybe uh, need some modification. And we show you how to reprogram your non-conscious. 
uh, using a, uh, uh, basically it's a, a, a step-by-step process uh, involving affirmations. Give us an example of one of the affirmations that you would use. Well, uh, you know, it's a business workshop. So for example, if you want to set a, uh, uh, an affirmation around uh, dollars, an income goal, for example, uh, a good affirmation would be, I enjoy earning $250,000 a year or more. That's a proper affirmation. There's a couple of things that are very important. The non-conscious only understands present tense. Mm-hmm. It does not understand future tense. So if you say, I have a goal to earn $250,000 this year, that's not going to program. You can say that all day. You can write it 25 times a day. It's not going to matter. And it continues to be a goal that is never reached. It's never reached. It'll just be frustrated. Right. So it needs to be in present tense, I you know, am grateful for or I enjoy earning $250,000 so a year So active kind of affirmations. An active affirmation, it needs to be first person, present tense, mm-hmm. stated in the positive. Here's an example of, a, <clears throat> of an affirmation stated in the negative. I want to get out of debt. Yes, yeah. Uh, and what you focus on expands. So expands. what happens is you get in more debt. Yep. Or I want to lose weight. Uh, or I want to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> a proper affirmation would be, to state it in the positive and state what your ideal weight would be. I enjoy weighing 170 pounds. I enjoy being free and clear. Right. So right. the science of affirmations, we go into that as to how to do them properly. And it's a lot deeper than just a lot of positive mental attitude uh, a training. You know what, I, I, I recall uh, one of the references that you make in the training is about Mother Teresa when she's invited into an anti-war rally. Yes. She basically says, no, thank you very much. And as much as they try to accommodate her, she declined. And then she said, you want to finish that? Yeah, if you uh, have a peace rally, I will be there. In other words, she wanted to focus on the positive. Exactly. Which is peace versus the negative, which is war or anti-war. Yeah, that you know what when I when I first heard that from you, that really resonated with me because it really just simply reaffirmed what is the difference between one and the other? One, one, a uh, anti-war rally as opposed to a, a a peace rally, and one of us an antagonistic energy, and the other right. one is an affirmation energy. So that's huge. That's really huge. I got to ask you this question. One of the things that sometimes I bump into, um, and when I share some of your principles with some clients and stuff, and, and other people, is what seems to be to many people a counterintuitive type of process and the counterintuitive goes more so now into we talked about mindset let's talk about uh skill set you profess stop selling start attracting please do elaborate on this because every time i tell people stop selling he goes but wait a minute i'm a sales professional said yes Carefully listen to what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. Share, share with our listeners exactly where, how that came from and how, how that plays. So I was teaching a, a ninja installation course in uh, North Carolina. And I'm at the uh, Charlotte airport getting ready to fly back to Colorado. And I'm visiting with this woman. And, and she said, so what brought you to North Carolina? And I said, well, I, I, I was teaching a sales course. And she said, what's it, what's it about? I said, well, I teach people to stop selling. And she started laughing and she says, tell me more about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 
basically the idea is this people love to buy but they hate to be sold and yeah the minute that they feel they're being sold uh it sets off uh what neuroscientists call the scanner inside of every human there's a scanner that goes off every five seconds and it asks am i safe or am i in danger and if they feel they're being sold it sets that scanner off they feel like they're in danger and their their immediate reaction is to try to get away and what we know is that we can only help people who are coming towards us we cannot help people that are moving away from us if, if somebody's moving away from us uh, they're what we call distancing from us and the way you can tell that somebody's distancing is you'll get a feeling in your body that you're pursuing and if you're pursuing that's because they're distancing and now you're caught in what psychologists call the pursuer distancer dance yeah and this is the dance that i find most salespeople are in they're in constant pursuit chasing deals chasing leads chasing customers and the customers are running away and so principle number one of ninja is to stop selling and start attracting try to get people moving towards you and uh, the way you attract is by creating value and uh, so we spend quite a bit of time uh, on day one and day two on what what creates value what are people willing to pay for uh, what do they value and how do you do that <laughs> then if you create value they will be attracted to you you won't have to chase them down interesting Interesting. How effective has this been? Well, we, the experience has been that uh, anybody who comes through our Ninja training course should experience at least a 20% increase in their business. Um, many experience much more than that. And uh, they should be able to do that without working more hours. They should actually be able to work less. See, that's another compelling, really compelling premise that you really focus on because Every time that I talk to people that are in the sales game and they say, well, I'm spending 40 hours and I'm generating, let's say in real estate, I'm closing one unit a month and I'm spending 40 hours. What that means is that if I want to close two, I have to spend 80 hours. And I go, no, that I, I understand the linear calculation here, but that's hardly the reality. And you've, you have really instilled in many of us basically saying what you need to really focus on is to ensure that you bring an efficiency on a per hour basis so that you can generate more results and either work the same number of hours, increasing your productivity, or even in some cases less. So that was a powerful oh. thing. Now you talk about Wilfredo Pareto, this Italian economist uh, with a rule that most of us are familiar with. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, he came up with what's many call the 80-20 rule, which is that 20% of your uh, effort or your activity generates 80% of your results. So uh, he calls that the vital few. And what we've done is over a period of about 40 years, tried to document the vital few. What are the vital few things that a salesperson should be doing that can give them the biggest return on their time invested? And uh, uh, what we do is we help them with a, a time management system called PIE time, P-I-E time. So the P stands for productive time. That's when there's them, a client, and a contract. There's indirectly productive time, that's I time, which is what generates the productive time. That's what we call uh, flow time or prospecting time or lead generation time. Uh, and then there's E time, which is everything else. 
<clears throat> what we've analyzed with our very high producers is that their productive time in real estate, many of them are earning as much as $3,000 an hour when they're in productive time. So if, if we wanna increase their income dramatically, we just need to increase productive time. We need to take away the E time, that many times can be uh, uh, assigned to an assistant, um, or maybe even uh, doesn't have to be completed at all. But knowing the vital few, Pareto's principle, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are the vital few activities that I need to be involved in that will generate the highest income per hour? Uh, that way, then I can have a life. And uh, Paul, I think I mentioned to you. I don't know if I mentioned her name, but and a good example would be a, a, a very top broker up in this Seattle area by the name of Corey Whitaker. And when I first met Corey, she'd been in the business nine years, had a very nice business. She was making. $250,000 a year gross commission income. She took the Ninja installation, which is our four-day course. And she was earning the 250000 prior to the Ninja installation. Yeah, she'd been at 250000 for nine years. Okay, got it. <clears throat> she took our course. The next year, she went to $700,000, uh, $700, almost, almost tripled her business. Then the next year, she broke a million dollars for the first time. And she's bro- broken a million every year since, which has been five years in a row. And I had dinner with Corey and she said, Larry, it's easier for me to make a million dollars a year being on purpose than it was to make $250,000 a year being on accident. On accident. I love that concept. (laughs) On accident. She didn't really know the vital few. She would, it was kind of hit or miss and she would just try a lot of things and some of them worked and some of them didn't. And uh, she didn't really have a system. And, and what this did for her was it provided her with, uh, clarity, and now she knows exactly what to do. She knows exactly what gives her results and what to avoid doing because it doesn't give her the results. That, that for those of you that are listening, I, I have to tell you, please take note of that because that is a huge example of a statement that you often make during your installations. This stuff works. Yep, TSW. And TSW, I love that. Um, Larry, how would you best describe the spirit of Ninja? You did, uh, when, in preparation of this interview, you, you talked about three things that, that it changes. It changes lives. Well, our goal is, is you know, we, do a, we teach sales training. We say that our product is not training. Our product is results. <clears throat> Most people have been to a lot of training. Uh, companies have paid for a lot of training. What they really want is results. And, uh, and, and certainly we have a system that will give them the sales results. But uh, what we are really hoping it does is it changes their life. And so our mission is really to change lives, change careers, and really even change the sales industry. We think that uh, uh, the way we approach selling is the way uh, customers would like to be sold. And, and um, uh, really could, it could change the industry as far as the relationship of how salespeople approach their business. Of the people that you know that have taken Ninja, have there been any failures? Have there been people that looked at it and said, you know what, uh, no. Is, is, is this, is Ninja for everyone? One of the things we like about uh, Ninja is that it works regardless of your personality. <clears throat> so many of the, uh, sales techniques and the sales courses out there are really designed for 
what I call the power personality. Um, you know, if you look at the different personality types, we, we talk about power people, party people, mm-hmm. peace people, and perfection people. If you look at a lot of the sales literature, a lot of the sales books, a lot of the sales trainers are those big power personalities. And that only represents about 15% to maybe 20% of the sales force. Mm-hmm. So what about the other 80%? What about the people who are introverts? Uh, what about um, women who are not comfortable with combative selling? You know, over 60% of our uh, students are female. And so um, having a softer approach, um, uh, having an approach that doesn't put the customer under pressure, and as a result, uh, the customer doesn't feel like they have to reject you. Uh, we believe is a is a a sales philosophy and a sales system whose time has come. But but like any system, it requires a discipline of execution and implementation. I'm assuming. Yes. It just doesn't. Oh, I went through Ninja. Now things right. are going to happen. So back back to your back to your earlier question: Have people gone through Ninja and it didn't work for them? <clears throat> um, if they really work the system properly, it will work for them. I've never found. When I find somebody who says they're working the system and it's uh, not working for them, <clears throat> when I sit down and, and look at it, here's an example. I was in Portland uh, teaching a ninja class and a gentleman came up to me and he said, I took your class uh, from one of your ins- other instructors a year ago and I've been working the system, but the system isn't working for me. And I said, well, let's meet after class. <clears throat> now, one of the things that we teach in ninja is the... Uh, what we call time of possession. It's kind of like football. Who has the ball? Mm-hmm. In selling, it's who's doing the talking. Uh, Ninja is very Socratic. Time we believe that the customer right should right. be talking 80% of the time. The ninja or the salesperson should only be talking 20% of the time. The key is asking the right questions, asking them in the right sequence. And so my first question for him was, he says, this is not working for me. I said, well, tell me a little bit about yourself and your business. He talked nonstop for 20 minutes. <laughs> and I literally went time out. So, I, I think, think I know, I know what you're problem. doing. <laughs> and he says, what? I says, you're talking to people. He says, well, I thought this was about going out. And you're supposed to talk to 50 people a week. I said, no, you're supposed to go out and interview 50 people a week. Mm-hmm. So we don't do sales calls. We don't make calls. We do interviews. And um, interviewing is very different. The customer has time of possession. And it's interesting. He got a funny look on his face. (laughs) He says, I can make that shift. And he sent me a very nice email about three months later, said that he was off and running. I'm seeing tangible results. Yes. You know, I love one of the things they talk about. It's not about you. It's about the customer. It's not about what you say. It's about what you ask. Right. And that... You know, I share that because, Larry, I think you know by now. You, you and I have known each other for a while, and you've influenced. Uh, there are certain influences that I have in my life, and you're one of them. And for oh, sure. thank you. And, oh, oh, I mean that sincerely. I mean that sincerely. Okay, so let me, here's the one thing that I want to ask you. Uh, here we have Ninja, okay? It is made an impact on the, on the real estate industry. You're transcending real estate. You are starting to deal with other industries, as, as I understand it, correct? In our Ninja courses, probably 10 to 15% of the students that are coming now are in other industries. 
mortgage, for example. In the, mortgage, in the mortgage industry, so many in the mortgage industry that we now have a, uh, a two-day uh, ninja installation for uh, loan officers mm-hmm. or, or uh, loan executives in, in uh, mortgage. But we're, we're seeing uh, uh, students coming from, well, it's funny, uh, last year we had a, uh, the uh, president of the largest engineering company in Northern Colorado was in the class. And I saw him and I said, what are you doing here? And he says, I heard this is a great communications course and <laughs> engineers need to know how to communicate. And sitting next to him was a gastrointestinal surgeon. And I said, what are you doing here? He said, I heard this is a great communications course and I've been told I need better bedside manner. And so interesting. Uh, here he was in the class. You had not shared that with me. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's huge. Um, okay, so it's it's transcending the industry. It's transcending the the uh, it, frankly, as you put it, it's changing lives. It's it's really I think I heard you say at one point that this is even impacting the way people interact with their family and friends and it is just simply changing their entire approach especially it's not what you say it's about what you ask yes and this is something that you're seeing some tangible results i keep um, a file box of cards that i receive and uh, we have 14 instructors they receive a similar uh, number of cards but uh, i'll receive uh, this year probably a thousand cards and uh, the cards that I save are the ones that say somehow that it changed their life or the life of their families. A lot of the um, of the ninja students come out of the class. We we provide them with the recordings of the course. Uh, we invite them to uh, listen to those in the car, and especially day one, which is the mindset day. Many of them are having their children, especially their teenage children, uh, or their spouse, uh, listening to those recordings, and they're. They're, they're seeing basically transformative type of change in the outlook of their teenager, for example. One of the things, one of the things that uh, going to a little bit, regressing a little bit in terms of the mindset aspect of it, you speak about the autopilot factor and you, you talk about a certain dilemma and you've, you, you illustrated with the boat that keeps is going west and it's instructed to go south and all of a sudden by itself goes west again and you talk about the impact of the autopilot can you talk a little bit about that sure the example we use in the class is a a a guy buys a boat and he wants to take his buddies out fishing and so they're headed west and they're not catching fish and somebody says uh i just got off the phone with a friends in another boat they're catching fish down south let's turn south he turns the boat south and they're still not catching fish, and somebody notices the compass. The boat is headed west, and they said, we, we, we need to go south. He said, well, I turned it south. Well, the boat's going west, so he turned south again. That boat just keeps wanting to go west, and then he realizes, snaps his fingers, that when I bought this boat, they told me it came with an autopilot. I've got to reset the autopilot. Well, your non-conscious is your autopilot. Right, right. And so a lot of us do things kind of on autopilot. I mean, we don't consciously have to think about how to drive a car uh, or how to get around in the morning. We just kind of do. And right. uh, that's our that's on autopilot. But in certain areas, we may want to reset the autopilot if it isn't set up to go in the direction that we want. And so we show our students how to do that, how to reset their autopilot. 
and how I think, we, what we call run their brain. Right. And I think that one of the things that we have to become more aware of is being present, I would imagine. Would that play a role? Uh, <laughs> We live in a we live in a society that's very distracted. Oh my God! The uh, psychologists <laughs> say that uh, most Americans are living in a continuous state of partial attention, and ninja uh, <laughs> is all about focus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. so now let's 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 land this plane a little bit. We've talked about it, the principles, but one of the things that ninja has that makes it very very powerful is that you really bring some very specific behaviors that really are called upon people to execute that are tangible behaviors that they can do on a consistent basis and really see a material impact and change on their professional and personal lives. You call it the Ninja Nine. Yes. Okay. Walk us through the Ninja Nine, Larry, and you don't have to go in detail on every single one of them, but if you could just give us, because if folks, sure. if you want to have the details of the Ninja Nine, buy Larry's book. Okay. Yeah. Bottom line. but. Could you just tell them a little bit about each of these components and how that yes. really makes a difference? This concludes the first part of our podcast with Larry Kendall of Ninja Selling. We hope that you have found value and ideas that you can implement from this podcast. Here's some of the topics we discussed with Larry. First, it's about mindset. How you see yourself will have a direct impact on how others see you and the success of your sales efforts. Another topic was Stop selling, start attracting. People will move towards you as you offer value. And the way to find out what is of value to your customer is by asking questions. Another topic was you can increase your business without increasing your hours. And this is a very important aspect of this entire process. The Pareto Principle, which is another topic we discussed, helps you focus on the vital few things that will have a connection to your goals and not on the trivial many that take you off task and distract you. And lastly, one of the things that are very important is to make sure that you are aware of your habits, your autopilot. Make sure that you are aware of the things that you're doing today and that you're not governed by these things if they don't serve you. Part two of Larry's interview will be uploaded in the next couple of weeks. We will be discussing the Ninja Nine. You don't want to miss this. These are the key habits for effective selling. I guarantee you that if you put these into practice, you will see a material increase in your business without increasing your hours. So be on the lookout by checking our website at www.highperformance-solutions.com. We will also be posting the interview through LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Until then, thank you for listening to the High Performance Business Solution Podcast. This is Paul De La Garza signing off. Take care and be well. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you are on iTunes, please leave us a review. Take care and be well.